Louise Bedford here. Just before we kick off with today's show, I wanted to let you know that for one week only, you can get up to 84% off a selection of my most popular trading education products available through tradinggame.com.au. Make no mistake. Your financial future is in your hands. So check out the audios, videos, and study courses that I have available at tradinggame.com.au. Now's your chance to develop your skills as a trader for up to 84% off, but only for the next week. Let's get on with the show. Hi, I'm Caroline Stephen, financial journalist. Today's episode of Talking Trading, we feature acclaimed author, international motivational speaker, the very funny Alan Pease. Alan and Barbara have written a new bestseller called The Answer, which looks at scientific research into the brain's ability to create success. In this interview, we hear Alan talk about the reticular activating system, or the RAS, and how to visualize success properly. We also hear Alan's personal story and how he used his Raz to turn failure into the ultimate success in his own life. By the mid-1990s, Alan and Barbara were internationally acclaimed authors of body language. But with one bad business decision, they lost it all and went into $3 million worth of debt. At the same time, Alan was diagnosed with cancer. He spent three years in a deep depression. When he snapped out of it, he decided to make a comeback. Within four years, they were the biggest selling authors in the world. Alan used his Raz to get out of the hole and build himself back bigger and better. Just a bit of background about Alan and Barbara. They are big hitting players. Alan's advice on body language is sought from CEOs to prime ministers to TV presenters and celebrities, to royalty and rock stars. They have sold over 27 million copies of their books worldwide in over 100 countries, and they've had 10 international number one bestsellers. In this interview, which is part one of Alan Peace, we hear him up close and personal. Afterwards, we hear from another author, investment expert, Gary Stone. Gary speaks to Louise Bedford on his life-changing book, Blueprint to Wealth, and how fees and diversification can cost you hundreds of thousands of dollars by retirement. Just to let you know, there is a crazy Queensland bird that squawks in the background during Alan's interview. It's not Alan. It's not Alan's recording. It's just the environment. If you know what it is, hopefully it won't freak you out. Alan, peace, Mr. Body Language. Hello and welcome back to Talking Trading. Carolyn, how are you? Alan, there's nothing good or bad, but thinking makes it so. William Shakespeare. You and Barbara have written a new book called The Answer. Tell us what it's about. Well, it's it's one of our best works, we think. It's a a departure from what we've done in the past, which has been human communication, even though it's it's under the same umbrella, I guess. Everybody's probably had experience in their life with positive thinking and negative thinking. Uh, Religious people have prayer, which they say their prayers get answered. People talk about the universe, the yin and the yang. 
And people who are involved in, in talking about or using those type ideas and techniques know that they get a result for themselves, but nobody ever really knows why. So what we've done for the first time with this book is pull together the hard science that shows you what part of the brain is operating to make these things work. Importantly, once you know what that is, then the book is about strategies of how you can program this part of your brain to get virtually anything you want in life. What is the reticular activating system? Well, at first, it's very difficult to say, uh, the reticular <laughs> activating system. Uh, that's the medical name for, for a system that operates in the brainstem of mammalian animals, which is us. And it's about the size of a, a medium-sized walnut, and it sits between your ears right in the back of your neck. And it's called the reticular formation <clears throat> is the hardware part of it. It's just like a little walnut. But what it is, Carolyn, it's the command center by which everything that you see, that you see, taste, hear, feel, experience, everything except smell goes through that and is distributed from that center into your brain. So it's your brain's command center. So everything that happens to you goes into your what we call the RAS, which is the, the short version of reticulator, activate, reticular activating system which, as I said, is hard to say. So it goes into there and it gets distributed to the part of the brain that deals with whatever the image is that's gone in. Then the brain then gets your body to act out the picture that's gone through there. And uh, the reticular activating system is the operating system that sits inside this walnut. Now, once you understand what this is and how it works, and uh, with our class that we found, it dramatically changes the lives of people who do it, even though it's simple. It's not easy to do this, but it's simple. And it involves simply picturing in your mind vivid images that are crystal clear of the things you do want to happen. Now, most people don't do this. Most people think about what they don't want to happen. And when they frame a goal, uh, they'll frame it in the negative, like, I'm going to quit smoking or I'm going to lose weight. Now, the problem is that the reticular activating system, the brain, can't picture something that's not there. Like, I'm going to quit. It can't picture quit. Uh, I'm going to lose 10 kilos. You can't picture losing 10 kilos because it's already imagining you weighing, up, say, 100 kilos. And so it's a matter of how you frame and put these things into your brain. And the people in the world that have done this, and they've been doing this for, I guess, ever since humans have been around being thinking, and most of them have done it without awareness. What we're doing with this book is showing you how to do it on purpose. People who have done it are the ones that have achieved the greatest things in life because they've clearly seen what it is they want they poked it into their RAS, and that forces their body to go forward and get it. Give us an example of how it works. Okay, a probably typical example for most people is, uh, you drive a car, Carolyn? I do. What sort of car do you drive? A Lexus. Okay, Lexus, what colour is it? Red, hatch. Uh, four-door, two-door? Four-door hybrid. Okay, so you've got a four-door hybrid Lexus. How long have you had this? Four years. Okay, now, as soon as you decided to buy that car, you suddenly started to see these hybrid Lexus all over the place. You saw them in car parks. You saw them on television. You went, as you went to the airport, you saw it on a billboard. You saw people crossing the road with them. You, you saw Lexus. In fact, everywhere you go, there's a Lexus hybrid pulls up around you somewhere. True or not? True, and they're all red. And they're all red. In fact, you, you, whatever car you drive, whoever's listening to this, whatever car you're driving, you would swear that the minute you decide to get it, Everybody's got one. Every second person's got one of these cars. And the way it works is very simple. There are around 400 million bits of information that bombard your brain at any given second. 400 million. Your brain can only consciously deal with about 2,000 of those. So it separates out just about everything that's not relative to what you want in your life. So the minute you decide, I want a, a nice hybrid Lexus four-door. So now you've seen brochures of it. You've, read the, you've done a test drive. You've read the articles on it. 
and you're all excited to get it, you have poked a clear, positive picture of what you want through your RAS, and so your brain starts to search for the information, and that's why you see your car everywhere. Now, this is the important thing about this book, and, and the people who twig onto this early, I swear, your life will be changed if you twig onto this right now. That from today, from listening to us talking right now, Carolyn, whoever's listening on this program, you are no longer to think about how you're going to do something. You've got to stop right now thinking about how. Think about what. Now, most people don't think about what. They think about how. For example, fellow said the other day, he said, oh, I'd like to be rich. Well, he's never going to be rich because what's rich? I mean, Mother Teresa thought she was rich and she didn't have two cents. But she was rich in terms of what was important to her. Uh, Donald Trump, you'd probably say he's rich. So uh, he didn't have a clear picture of it. He just wanted to be rich. And uh, I said, well, can you quantify that? He said, yeah, I'd like to be a millionaire. I said, well, by when? He was only a young guy, about 25. He said, I'll be good by 40. So I can now starting to get clearer and clearer. He's starting to clarify what it is he wants. Now, uh, he can clarify what he wants to have by what date. So, for example, if he set a goal up that by the 1st of August uh, in uh, 2023, I will own $1 million worth of net assets. That is so clear. His brain will immediately... Starts the search for how to do that. Now, if he tries to think now about how he, because he can't think how, he gets despondent, doesn't set the goal. And that's what, what happens. People can't think, of, I don't know how I'd do that. So they don't do anything, they don't move forward. So you must not think about how, because the moment you think about what you want and make it a clear picture, poke a three rads, the hows appear in front of you. Everywhere, the hows appear. You open a magazine, there's a how. You're in a restaurant listening to people talking, and you can hear someone talking about how. Now, if you ever walk through the airport, uh, and I'm sure you have, Carolyn, and uh, suddenly your name gets paged over the PA or your flight, and you heard it. Yeah, yeah. Now, look, there's probably 2,000 bits of information flying around at an airport. How is it above all that platter you heard your name or your it's because you have positive, you have a positive image of what you're going to do, and that's how it works. That when you put in the how, put the put the what into your brain, the how suddenly appears. Okay, so you're an international speaker, you're an international author, you own a lot of property, you're a very successful guy in worldly materialistic terms. So, can you give us an example in your life where this has worked when you were starting out? Well, the first thing we, we encourage people to do in uh, about chapter five of this book is to Start to create a list of everything you think you might like to do. Now, you don't have to definitely want to do something. It might be things that just sound like a good idea at the time. And have between 10 and 20 things on the list. Now, now most people, if they set a goal at all, they set one goal and they get halfway through it and then maybe they decide they don't like it. So they get despondent or they drop it and they drop it or they stick with it to the end because that's the only goal they've got, which is pointless. So I encourage you first to have a list of 10 20, 30, everything you can think of you've ever wanted to do from the time you were a kid, you write it down on a list. And once you've got the list out for a couple of days, then you put on there A, B, and C. Now, an A number is you are definitely going to do that. You're going to put a deadline on it. B is, sounds like a great idea. need more information. C is, uh, sounds like a good idea. One of my Cs was I was driving down a motorway, and I saw a guy bungee jumping off a bridge on an ad in a raging river. And I thought, whoa, that's scary. I'll make that a C. It stayed on my list for seven years until I moved it to an A and did it. Can you change the way your reticular activating system works? How can you program it for success? Well, here's the secret to it. First is you've got to decide what you want, what you want to have, what you want to do, what you want to become. And this is where most people really get stuck, Carolyn. They, they think about something they might like, and then they try to imagine how, 
because they can't see the how, they quit. So the important thing is you decide only what you're going to do. That's it. End of story. The how is none of your business. That's the first thing is decide what. Secondly, is you write a clearly defined goal. It's pitched in the positive. Now, the brain can only think in pictures. It doesn't think in words. It thinks in images. So you've got to give it an image that it can see. You can't have a negative goal like, I'm going to quit smoking. It's already got an image of somebody smoking. So it can't imagine not smoking. So if you phrase that goal, for example, uh, by the 1st of uh, December, I will be a non-smoker. Now, a non-smoker is a positive image. You can see a non-smoker. You can see what they look like, what they smell like, how they're popular with their friends. They've got clean teeth. They've got white fingernails. They all look pretty good. Where if you take something away, like by the 1st of January, I'm going to lose 10 kilos. Anybody's ever said that knows it doesn't work. You don't lose 10 kilos. However, by the 1st of January, I will weigh uh, 82 kilos, for example. Now you can picture what that looks like. So you're pumping in a positive image. Next thing you've got to do is put on a deadline. Deadline is like a trigger on a gun. makes you go forward. And the third part that really bogs a lot of people down is you have got to follow through on your goal, Carolyn, despite what anybody says, thinks, or does because they're going to try to stop you. And you know who the biggest defenders are? Who? Your rallies. Your rallies will stop you. For example, you want to quit your job in radio and you want to go to Ethiopia to work with underprivileged children. You've got to be kidding. I mean, you're getting on your feet now. You've got mortgage to pay. You've got to pay that Lexus off. You've got blah, 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 blah. They try to talk you out of it. So you've got to make a determination that you will follow through despite what anybody says, thinks, or does. And I put two simple skills in there for telling people, particularly rallies, to go to hell in such a way they're looking forward to the trip. Let's flip this back to you. How did discovering the reticular activating system actually change your life? Well, I've been fortunate in as much as I was raised by a very positive father. My parents divorced when I was, when I was a, a very young child, about four. And my father, who was a very positive guy, he was a life insurance salesman. They got all the positive training courses and he used to teach me all these things. And so I, I grew up in a, an understanding the importance of setting goals and having a deadline and putting things in writing. Uh, putting things in writing is critical because when you if you key a goal on your computer or your smartphone, you're using eight connections of the brain versus nearly 2,000 when you handwrite it. So handwriting is critical. I mean, key it as well, but handwriting, definitely. Where I think it really stood out for me was in uh, the mid-1990s, uh, after 25 years of body language success, and the body language was, was a huge success, as you know, books, television shows, I've toured the world for ages, seminars. It was a, it was a massive big business. and was very successful at it. And uh, by... By making one poor judgment with financial advice that I've received, we lost everything. We went broke. We lost the whole lot. And I'm talking millions upon millions upon millions disappeared. Uh, the stolen bank, where, where it went, we don't really know. But we, we finished up broke. It's the bottom line. In fact, we were worse than broke. We had $3 million in debt. Wow. And uh, as a result of that, I, I did what many guys in their early 40s will do when they, when they hit, hit the skids like that. I blame myself. And uh, for three years, nothing new was produced. Nobody knew about this. We never told anybody. And uh, I, I ended up being depressed, which, like most guys who get depressed in their 40s, which is a dangerous age, I, I didn't know I was depressed. I said, how can I be depressed? I'm a motivational speaker. It's not possible. But I remember Barbara said one day, I said, look, I think I'm going to throw myself in the lake. She said, if you keep this up, boy, I'm going to give you an anchor and push you. So she took me up to the doctors who did a series of tests. He said, yeah, boy, you're depressed. Here's some drugs. Take these. And then the reality hit me that I didn't want to take any drugs. And the reason I was depressed, because for nearly three years, I'd been thinking about what I didn't do right. Mm -hmm. I've been thinking about everything that had been going on. I've been thinking about all the disasters in my life. 
And the bottom line, I gave my cancer. I gave myself cancer out of that. I finished up with prostate cancer. I finished up with thyroid cancer, which all spread to the bones. And my life expectancy looked pretty damn dim. And, and that was largely self-inflicted. I'd, I'd spent nearly three years thinking about what I didn't want. Now, if you keep thinking about what you don't want, it'll come true, just like your Lexus. As you think about your red Lexus, you see them everywhere. You think about what you don't want, that's what you see. So that's why some people watch television. And if they're thinking the world's a really rotten place full of you know, criminals and murderers, all they see is bad things on TV. But if you think the world's a really positive place and people are good, that's all you'll see is people being good on TV. You'll only see what you decide to see. The Raz will only pick out the information that suits you. So we decided, after all this going downhill and down the flagrant and losing everything and me getting cancer and uh, made it all look very, very dim. Nobody knew, including our rallies. We didn't tell anybody about this. And uh, I decided that I'd quit being depressed. But I'd use the same principles that have been successful with the body language to stop being negative. But I didn't know I was being negative. That's the, that's the problem. If somebody says, Caroline, you are one negative son of a bitch, and they don't tell you that, you probably don't even know. You think you're going okay because you can convince yourself of anything. And so I decided by Friday next week at 4 o'clock, I will no longer think about what I don't want and what went wrong. I will only think from 4 o'clock about what we do want, what we can have, and I will never again for the rest of my life think about what went wrong. So I wanted to make it at least 10 days in the future so I could give everybody a really hard time before I stop being negative. So 4 o'clock, I said, I'm back, I've finished, let's talk about what we can do. And from that time, we only thought about what we could do, and I point blankly refused to think about what I couldn't do. The legal cases we had against the accountants, financial advisors, all the debts we owed, we decided to write all that off and never think about it again. I only thought about what we could do. And uh, we decided that we would make a big comeback and be more successful than ever, and we nominated by what time we'd be successful, how we'd be successful. We didn't know. That was the thing. We did not know what we were going to do. I was 45 and, and we were broke. And so we didn't know how we were going to do this, but we decided that we were going to do it. That was the bottom line. Whatever happens, we are going to come back. We are going to the top somehow. We don't know what, but somehow. It took us six months to work it out. Within four years, we're the biggest selling authors in the world, five, five or ten in Europe. And uh, after that, it was just history. We, our business became bigger than we ever possibly could have even imagined. It just flourished. But so we hadn't decided the how. No, we hadn't decided the why. We had to sit around and thought, how are we going to do this? Well, we may not have been able to think about how. We decided what? In the story, and then the hows began to appear. Does there come a stage where it gathers momentum? It's like a snowball, and sometimes the snowball becomes so big, our snowball became so big that we had no idea where books were being printed or how many were being sold. It, it, it became so huge uh, by the early 2000s that we just did not know how big it was. We couldn't tell anymore. All we knew that this thing was huge, and we were in 160 countries in 58 languages and it had gone into calendars and it had gone into games. It had gone into television. It had been made into TV, documentaries. It was a massive thing that just spiraled and got bigger and bigger and bigger. And, uh, and we knew it was going to happen, but we didn't know it was going to get that big. And that's what happens. That The snowball effect will happen, provided you keep putting in new goals. So just keep adding new goals all the time about what you want to do. Some of the goals don't have to be, I mean, I'm talking about achieving things on a very high scale, which, which we did. But there's a lot of things that we did on a pretty low-key scale that a lot of people don't know about. Like, one of my goals was learn tap dancing. And, and I'd watch Gene Kelly and Fred Astaire tap dancing when I was a kid. I thought, oh, I'm going to do that. That's great. So I joined a tap dancing club at 42 years of age. And me and 40 fat women tap danced around the Avalon, <laughs> the Avalon Town Hall. 
for three months. Have you ever done tap dancing, Carolyn? I haven't. I'm a Latin dancer. <laughs> it's very difficult, and I wasn't very good at it, and I didn't like it. So after three months, I quit. Now, this is the thing about having lots of goals. If you've got 10 or 20 goals, you get halfway through one, because you don't know if you're going to like something until you're into it. I got halfway through, and I thought, this is too hard. I don't want to do this. And I was happy to quit, because I had at least another 19 things on my list I could do next. This is the important thing. And, now, and when I'm on my deathbed, I will not lay there saying, you know, Carolyn, if only I had learned to tap dance. I won't do that. I know it, what it's like, damn it. And I don't like it. And I won't do it again. But I'm glad I did it. <laughs> so you've constantly got new goals in motion now. You never stop with them. Non-stop. In fact, uh, I started one of my other new goals last Friday. Barbara and I started a paleo cooking course. Now, I've had cooking courses on my list for 30 years because uh, – when I married Barbara, she said to me, never use four-letter words in front of me, including wash, iron, and cook. <laughs> That's why I'm thin, not to choice. It's can't cook. So we decided we're going to learn how to cook. We did a vegetarian course. Uh, we did an organic course. And last Friday, we started a paleo course, which was great. So now we're eating our paleo food, which is in line with our, our organic vegetarian life anyway. And that's a brand new guy, and it's exciting. Look, I woke up that morning excited to get out of bed to go to learn how to cook sausage sausage meat with chicken. Sometimes uh, goals that you might have, they might take years. Like when I was 14, I decided to get the bronze medallion in surfing. I lived at Lawn in Victoria, surfing town. And I decided I wanted to get the bronze medallion, which is as good as it got back in those days. You had to learn surf boats and swimming and rescuing, and it was a fairly physically demanding thing. And uh, I started the course, and halfway through the course, my father got relocated to Melbourne. I had to move to Melbourne, so the course stopped. I but I left it on my, my C list. I said, I still want to do this one day. I was 39 and a half when I reset it as a goal and joined the Avalon Surf Club in Sydney uh, with a bunch of 16 and 18-year-old young fellas, so you know, the pressure was right on. I went for eight months really pushing myself hard to get a bronze medallion by the age of 40. So if you don't do it when you're young, it doesn't mean you have to wipe the goal and forget about it. You can, If you really like to do it, you can leave it till later. One of my goals has always been to live in France. It's been that from the time I was a kid when I watched the Three Musketeers on telly, I thought, I want to live in France one day. And uh, five years ago, we bought a home in France, and we lived there part-time. And it's fabulous. But I hadn't written that down. Hadn't decided when I was a kid. Hadn't stuck with it. I never would have thought of it. If I had to try to think of how would you possibly do this, well, I never would have gone there and never would have been doing those great things. And people say, gee, you're lucky. No, luck is, luck is never to be part of your plan. If such a thing as luck exists, well, it's a bonus, but... Don't plan on it. Use, use your as a reticular activating system with this system in the answer, and you will go where you're going to go. So it's important that you clearly write what it is you want to do and that you really want to do it because whatever you write, if it's crystal clear, your body is going to send you down there. It's a bit like when you go to sleep at night and you dream that you're swimming or running. Your brain doesn't know whether you're really swimming or dreaming or running. It makes you start swimming and running in bed because it thinks it's real. <laughs> And that is part one of our interview with Alan Peace. Next week, we'll be featuring part two. And now we have Gary Stone and Louise Bedford in a cafe conversation on Gary's new book, A Blueprint to Wealth. Louise Bedford here. I am very excited to be sitting here with my friend Gary Stone. Gary, your new book has just come out. Tell me a little bit about Blueprint to Wealth. Sure, Louise, I'd love to. I've, I've lived it for the last three years while I was writing it, so it's well and truly stuck in my head. Um, it's basically a book that, um, that teaches people uh, how to invest for the long term. And investing for retirement is a multi-decade investing caper. 
and it just shows people how small amounts of of uh, compounded annual return is as little as half a percent per annum, but certainly up to two or three percent per annum makes a huge difference, a massive difference, hundreds of thousands of dollars, and even for you know, people who may be listening have working children in their 20s or 30s, over 30 or 40 years, the difference can be as much as $1.8 million foregone in superannuation retirement nest egg by the time they retire, just for a small amount of 2.5% per annum given up to fees, because uh, fees certainly uh, in industry super funds and retail super funds are, are much higher than the alternatives, such as index exchange-traded funds. And the fact that index exchange-traded funds are, uh, are follow the index of the stock market. And uh, whereas balanced funds, where your, where your money ends up in, a, in an industry super fund, are diversified. And the combination of those fees and diversification over the long term is about 2.5% to 3% compounded per annum. And that turns into hundreds of thousands of dollars forfeited in your retirement nest egg over the long term. So sometimes it's the little things that we do that can make a huge difference overall. So to check out Gary's book, go to www.blueprinttowealth.com slash L. Now that little slash L on the end will give you a free copy of one of my favourite special reports and you're not going to want to miss out on that. Go there now. That website again, www.blueprinttowealth.com slash L. And we have part two of Alan Pieces' interview next week on Talking Trading. I'm Caroline Stephen. We'll see you next time. You've been listening to TalkingTrading.com.au with Caroline Stephen. Make sure you are subscribed to this website to receive the very latest market views, commentary, and expert opinion. Tune in next week as we've got a bumper show planned. Bye for now. The views represented on Talking Trading are general in nature and do not take into account your objectives, financial situation or needs. Before acting on any of the information, consider its appropriateness in regard to your own situation.